Welcome to the Advisor Insight Podcast, where we provide informative, insightful content for financial planners and advisors to help you grow your business, your knowledge, and your client base. I'm your host, Andrew Sheena, and today's episode is covering a topic that will have been spoken about by almost all of our listeners and some of their clients, but still has many questions about how it should be addressed. We're going to be discussing environmental, social, and governance. I'm very grateful this afternoon to be joined by Peter McGahan. Peter has been in the financial services industry for more than 30 years and is the CEO of multi-award winning Worldwide Financial Planning. Peter is a very regular contributor to a number of media outlets, including the Irish News and FT Business. He's very passionate about sustainable economies and societies. And in December 2020, he was recognized as the third most influential environmental, social and governance influencer in the world which I think is very impressive. Uh, thanks very much for joining me this morning, uh, this afternoon, Peter. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks very much. Very welcome. So this is a topic, obviously, as I've said in the intro, that is very close to your heart and something that you're very passionate about. I guess the, the key question to ask is, what do people think ESG is about and what's it really about? I know from our previous discussions, there's perhaps a difference between how people perceive it and what it actually is. Yeah, sure. Um, how long do you want your answer? So, <laughs> you know, if we think about this, I've stitched you up a little bit with a very vague early question. So, apologies about that. But yeah, the the answer to it is a big funnel. So, you could probably sit back now and uh, for a couple of hours, and I'll uh, I'll, I'll just give you the answer. <laughs> so, but in its simplest terms, of course, environmental, social, and governance. So, we what we're looking at is what a company and a fund does for people in terms of in terms of meeting those requirements but also for the same token you have a society that's is looking to see how it can impact the world and make a difference to a positive world we've all pretty much i'm sure everybody that i know has lost faith in pretty much every government in the world you know they just had enough um so i'm but i also you know, such a simple thing. I was speaking to a large corporation yesterday and I was trying to get through to them to get an answer on a subject and they just didn't care. They actually right. just, you just tell they just don't care. It's almost like they've got a monopoly on everything and just don't really bother. Whereas I just think whenever I was going through my business schooling 30 odd years ago, we, the work we went into to say, look, this is how you treat you. You've got to be the very best at your customer service. You've got to look like this. You've got to, and yet now it is, you go trying to speak to some of the big telephone organizations without naming those yeah. those companies <laughs> after the letter A, but you but you you speak to them and they uh, it's it's just almost as if they just don't care, you know. So, but also in the background, what impact are they having? So ESG really is a box is now a box ticking exercise and really is taken care of by stewardship takes care of it as far as funds are concerned, the, the amount of stuff that's done in the background, funds it's taken care of there. Um, and you're really moving upwards into what's happening in in the, the EU with Article 68 and 9 in terms of the standards, you know, with 9 being yeah. this fund actually makes a positive difference to, to society. Um, yeah. I'm pretty confident that most stuff is reasonably well greenwashed now particularly you know the morning the the, the uk announced um something last week there on um 
on they, they, they announced a policy on greenwashing. They delivered it on the morning that Boris Johnson flew into yeah. into an airport, and then he flew from that airport down. Now, I've never voted in my life, right? So is this not political, right? This is, I don't trust any of them, right? So yeah, but he flew into that. They flew down to Cornwall in a in in this huge jet. And then he flew from there with a helicopter from there down to Cork, Carbis Bay at the same morning that they delivered a policy on greenwashing. So it's really, for most people, they've kind of had enough of it as far as that's concerned. But yeah. what what does it mean to me as a financial advisor? Um, well, I've done a bit of work and research with that in terms of what it means to the customer. To some, it means I don't want to be making a negative impact on society anymore. Um, I want to avoid these bad things. Um, and others, I really want to invest my money in a way that I'm going to benefit from the world changing to these um, nice, green, real world stuff. I just use those words rather than the technical words. And then you get to the very top end of that where you've got yeah. people who say, I only want my money to be put somewhere that it will develop the world um, that will make a positive change that will impact the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. Do they impact the Sustainable Development Goals? Do they impact no poverty? Do they impact no hunger? Do they impact health and well-being? You know, one, two, three, as far as the Sustainable Development Goals. So it's, it's very much developed beyond what may have been or what people may perceive it to be as clients wanting a portion of their capital to be invested in something that might be uh, sustainable or not involving cigarettes or whatever yeah. it might be. So it's perhaps beyond that now where they're looking for a specific green area to invest in, but actually looking about how the companies actually affect the world themselves, how they uh, operate themselves, not just a specific sector that they want to invest in. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, some people might consider ESG to be an asset class, and it's definitely not. It's very much a way of life. And but if we, you know, I would have dropped ESG off of my, uh, despite receiving an, an award as a as a as a as a you know the most you know, third most influential person on ESG. But I, that it, it's it, the word for me is sustainability, and and that becomes very much a way of life because actually, I was just talking to one of my daughters a few seconds ago about. Was something she was doing she's doing a business degree but i was just asking her about and i said the question you've got to ask yourself is this is does does this serve you and then you ask you know you ask yourself with every single thing you're doing does this serve you and yeah. then you have to ask what you is so because if it doesn't serve you whatever you is and in, in terms of your beliefs your patterns then then you stop doing it and if you'll find generally speaking when we try to invest sustainably when we really think about it are we living a sustainable life anyway so consumerism of you know you go onto the internet and buy your iphone 97 and by the time it drops through the door the iphone 99 you know already gone through 98 so it's gone it's <laughs> this is but the, we, we 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 fund that and we we keep that going really with our with what we do so look i'm no tree hugging lentil eating guy i eat lentils i've never hugged a tree but i'm sure it's cool <laughs> But, um, you know, in terms of this typification, it's actually addressed about what, what is a sustainable life? So, and really, what are we aiming for? You know, so I, you know, contentment, you know, so if you ask most people what they would want in their life, it's about being content. 
um, they don't want the highs with the lows as we talked about before this yeah. conversation. So, um, so it's a sustainable life and it's a sustainable life where, and it's a sustainable society. And perhaps the best way for me to explain that with you is a bit of a, a bit of metaphorical story, which lasts about two minutes, but just for me, it would be the best way of explaining it is the people who really want to invest sustainably. It's kind of a bit like this. So there's a chap who goes down to the local florist and he says, could I have some flowers? And yeah, yeah, sure. Is something special going on? No, it's just the rugby's on on Sunday. And if I bring these flowers, it might give me a two-hour pass to go to the rugby <laughs> with the lads, you know? So, and they, all oh, right, uh, somebody special. Yes, yeah, it's my, it's my missus. Yeah, okay, cool. So they get the flowers, but this woman gets so busy because everybody's trying to get their two-hour pass that, and then she gets just so busy. She's doing fantastic. She goes the following, she takes her money and she goes into the butcher's next door and gets a load of food for all her family to have a, a barbecue, you know, and the, the butcher's doing fantastic. He goes into the baker's and gets some cakes and do a big party for all his family. <laughs> and that guy goes down and buys shoes down the local cobbler. I know we don't have them anymore, but the, the local cobbler. And, and then, and so it goes on till eventually the last person says, do you know what, I've done fantastic here. I'm going to go in and buy a nice bottle of wine and and the person who buys the bottle of wine off is the wife of the guy who's bought the flowers at the beginning and the and then yeah. she calls her husband at five o'clock and said are you still in town he said i'm still in town yeah he said do you fancy going for a couple of pints down the local pub absolutely and uh and then so they go and uh, they go into the local pub they don't have one pint they don't have two pints they have a few more um and then on the way out they get a takeaway from the local the local takeaway and they get a taxi with the local taxi driver who is talking about how the whole the whole town is bouncing because when they went into the pub the butcher was there the baker the candlestick maker everybody was there <laughs> a great time in a great society and when they get into the door she says to him look um i've got you a nice bottle of wine from you know to celebrate this evening he said look i got you these nice bunch of flowers and she says oh fantastic perhaps we could uh Maybe go off to bed a bit early this evening. And that's the benefit of a circular economy. <laughs> so, so, you know, we, we just were at breaks, unfortunately, because if we went into this local Costa place and maybe they are paying tax, maybe they're not paying tax, but that that chain broke right there. That chain absolutely yeah. collapsed right there. The butcher didn't get any of that money because that money was sucked like a hoover straight out of society and off into a non-tax paying threshold. So if we invest sustainably and we um, if we operate sustainably, we then create this, um, what I would call it a circular economy. That's the metaphorical description that I've just given you. If we create that, and what I know from dealing with the amount of people that I deal with both online and, um, and obviously customers um, is that creating a sustainable fair society one that takes away because when you take all that away you take away a lot of that greed um yeah you know we, we can see the elite don't pay tax and I'm, I'm not running around here banging a drum but we don't we know they don't pay tax and we know they have deals left right and center we'll let them get on with that but not with our money um so mm. we, we just we invest in an area that creates sustainability because you can't have a ladder with the first three rungs missing and what i mean by that is a, a permanent underclass that's a design that's been in place for a long time through neighbor, neoliberalism but a permanent underclass is almost the design that doesn't suit my views of the world and i know it doesn't suit the views of lots and lots of people so yeah. that 
is a shortened version of my view <laughs> of sustainability and my real no, belief. That, that makes a lot of sense. And it's, I think what, what I took from that is that it's about providing something. It's a mindset and it's a way of living. It's not just about ticking a box by investing in, in one place. It's about your outlook and your views and how you how you actually live your entire life and your spending habits. I think playing devil's advocate, my, my question to you is, is it is there a conflict that's created by that does does something serve you and trying to create that circular economy? Because people eventually or at some point people might say, oh well I'd like to do that circular economy, but if I order this thing from a certain place online, it's going to be you know, 20% cheaper and I, I'll get it on my doorstep tomorrow. So is there the problem that that is a conflict or do you think that because people have, if they have the right mindset towards sustainability, it's about more than the cost or the convenience and it's about, uh, it's about society itself and how you can support your community and your society rather than just getting that, those sort of short, easier wins. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where it's, and it's a really good point. And it's, uh, it's hard to not buy off a, off a non-taxpaying large river online if we, <laughs> <laughs> if we um, win there £15 cheaper than the, the next thing. So we, um, and that's where we talk about this becoming a way of life rather than a, a an asset class. So yeah, where we got to think about what these things mean to us and um, not everybody will move away from that river that we refer to and um, not everybody will move away from there but enough will do to disrupt and enough will do to support elsewhere um, yeah if I, if I explain that in a slightly different way because this is the mindset that 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 people are really getting to they've realized this system isn't working this system where you know the pyramid is on its head the non-tax paying institutions. So I go into that coffee shop a few seconds ago, but if I look at their Wi-Fi, it says on there, whatever you do on your phone, I'm going to sell that information to somebody else. And by the way, they these are not church going people. They're sending it to you. <laughs> these are not good people. And they will sell that data. And, they, and you say, well, I don't have to buy what they sell. No but you're creating a marketplace for them to have power to sell that information on to disrupt society as a whole. Um, So, and we, we all, that's all become very, very apparent just now. So I don't choose to support that behavior. And the more people who don't choose to support that behavior, the better. I do want the little lady down in Cornwall or Devon, or, you know, when I just go in and buy a coffee offer and how are you? And I'm good. And this is my son. He's taken off the coffee shop after me. Fantastic. You know, um, you know, these are the thing you want to see it cascading and moving on and moving on and moving on rather than I'll use it metaphorically. If, 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 if we were, if society was to get its head around this simple concept, um, there is a fast flowing river. And the more we throw in anything into that fast flowing river, and let's, for the sake of it, call that river the Amazon. Boom, boom. <laughs> if, we, if, we, if we throw it in there, that river gets faster and faster and faster and faster, and it erodes the banks of cities and civilization as it gushes off down, and then it heads off and it falls into a, 
a non-tax paying waterfall and there's at the bottom is this lovely lake with certain people sitting around drinking their little champagnes also potentially not paying tax um but if we look back up right up that river and see what it's done it's ripped out society on the way through and you've got that last bit at the bottom well they're all happy enough but they don't even know what's happened up above the alternative of that would have been to redirect that into a circular lake and around that lake you could have had a nice little bit of a beach around it and then from that you could have put some nice bars and wine bars and restaurants right around that accommodation behind that hospitals behind that um, hotels behind that and that water is yours and it serves you and it serves everybody who's in there and if you've got too much water you can create a dam and if you and you can redirect it to create you know but you can just see what i mean you keep it within that community and yeah. That's global as a whole. Neoliberalism as a policy has been in place for a very long time now, and that does not that serves that river that we refer to. It doesn't serve those banks that have been ripped out on the way. The banks meaning as in the the banks of the river, um, yeah, been ripped out through. So that's another metaphorical story to explain what I mean by by that. Um, but we should. By now, with all the changes that have been made to society and the increase of communication skills, the computers, you know, you think of that floppy disk with one meg on it many years ago and the dial-up process, you know, like you can have this conversation where we're having it right now in real time, very, very quick. How come we've still got bursting inflation? How come we've still got all the things we've got? And how come we haven't been able to build sustainable health services how come we got such hunger around the world how come it's such, such yeah. an imbalance of poverty that's you know that's the permanent underclass that I referred to a few seconds ago it's not fair it's not reasonable so when we come back to does it serve you there are lots of people who when they say you me it doesn't really matter to me you know if i spend five pounds more for x or for for the other because actually I, I do know what it means in terms of that river that i've just described to you yeah. and it's and more, more and more people have captured that point um that's what i was going to ask you Peter. do you think we've reached a perhaps an idea in society where people are more aware and conscious of responsibility on them to contribute to that and maybe it's more important to do that than to save 10 pounds by getting something cheaper yeah, I think this drop, the penny has dropped for a lot of people, as, particularly as you get to, I'm 53 years old, so I, I was born in 1968 in Northern Ireland, so uh, I get I get stuff that most people won't get. So, or not most people, that a lot of people won't get. So I am, um, but I, I pay attention to mankind. I pay attention to, you know, I've seen danger, so I'm alert to danger. I've seen uh, imbalance, I'm alert to it. I've seen, you know, how things don't work so I'm, i become alert to that so but not if you're in a pressure an oppressor you're not alert to that ever but lots of people as they kind of make their way through when they see these things and they become alert and they travel um, and they see what is clearly happening around the world now they can clearly see this doesn't actually work so that's where they think well wait a minute what do i want to leave behind me a society that's sustainable or a society that's going to kind of dissolve you know so it's just going to dissolve into, and all that money is heading off to the wrong places. So most people are uncomfortable with that. And it's the kind of disingenuous greenwashing that runs around. So, I mean, I, I just saw something the other day on uh, the girl, actually, who was Nancy Levine, who's number one on the 
in the world in terms of ESG influence. Uh, great tweet where she was talking about Smith and Wesson, um, and uh, there was a quote from a, a large fund group talking about divesting or not divesting. And we're watching what you're doing, saying we're watching what you're doing in the following in the following areas. But yet Nancy's point was, you're the largest institutional investor into Smith & Wesson, which provides semi-automatic guns. Now, semi-automatic guns are not for grouse shooting. Grouse shooting, I don't do either, but it's not for <laughs> grouse shooting. Um, and how can you, on the one hand, say... So what we have is a really, really noisy world and a really, really yeah. noisy world. It's it just people just want to tone that right down and live it in a way that actually makes sense. And if I can if I can invest sustainably over here, for instance, you know, if you look at the the sustainable development goals and you look at the sustainable cities that they're um, supporting right now, that's phenomenal. How do you create a, a, a society that sustains itself? You know, simple things like, you know, they're, they're building, they're putting together trees and gaps in between where you can grow, but the, tree, the trees have got the the chips inside, inside them that um, the, that information referred back into blockchain and sends information back. So you end up with carbon credits out of it. Really clever way to, to, to create sustainability and multiple other things beyond that. But um, it's not that difficult for us all to live in a really quite sustainable way. We just have to change how we think about a few different things. Yeah. Do we, you know, do we really need these different things? Um, but I think for a lot of people, it's actually- Mindset thing. Yeah, it is very much mindset. But as we get closer to, um, as we get closer to, you know, thinking, wait a minute, I'm, I'm on my way out here, you know, and at fifty three, I'm closer to it than I was when I was three. So, so I, uh, I think, God, is this really, is this how I should be living my life? You know, uh, no, not at all. So, um, so in a lot, and you know, a large part of society has actually said enough to it all so if we take what you've said there and apply that to uh, financial planners or a financial advisory business a lot of what i've read suggests that advisors struggle to find the right tools or materials to to integrate an esg proposition or more accurately from what as what we've been saying an esg way of operating their whole business how does an advisor or a firm work out how to build a strategy throughout their business? Uh, how do they go about educating themselves about how to build an ESG proposition, something that is runs throughout their business rather than just a box ticking exercise for uh, ESG investment options? Okay. Um, the FCA just came out with something this morning on the senior management regime they're looking at. Um, one of the things they're really focused on is culture. So if we look at that, um, that's a that's really important because what is a culture? Because no matter what, you've got a culture inside your firm, no matter what, no matter what. I'm reasonably well. to do it or whether you haven't, it, it's it's appeared organically. Yeah, you still got one. Maybe yeah. a good one. <laughs> <laughs> you got one. So, you know, it's like your David Cameron, you know, you can tell my love of politicians here, can't you? But I don't like any of them. So, but, you know, David, David Cameron sat, sat at a table with a gold a gold goblet and some sort of fancy dress outfit on talking about austerity just kind of doesn't wash with me. So, um, but and then talking about our core values, as he said, really. So, um, you know, I say no matter 
how many politicians I talk about, I still just keep coming out with, it's the same thing, there's just massive incongruence. So, um, so what we look at is we look at our culture and our values. So we've got a culture no matter what inside our business. So what are our values? And I did a, I did a rebrand, it isn't live yet. It's, um, I've just appointed a marketing manager a couple, two days ago actually. So, uh, so that person will drive that. But when we sat down, yeah, we sat down with our staff and um, um, we sat down with our customers and solicitors, accountants we deal with. We asked, look, when when worldwide financial planning is at its best, you know, when we're we're really shining, yeah, you know, from a brand point of view, you like to be next to us. You tell people about us. I know you do. So you you go and say, I would deal with these guys because they they're they're something, whatever it is. So when we're at our best and you really feel lovely and warm and fuzzy next to us. Well, can you describe me? Describe the me, meaning the firm, you know? Yeah. We had great advisors and people just love them, you know? So what, if you describe them at their best, go ahead. And they say, well, they're really fair. Good. What else? They're honest. They're kind. They're reassuring. They're solid. They're well-researched. They're grounded. They care. You know, all these words come out. These are the words that describe your culture. So, yeah, and sustainable was one that really was driven by a lot of our staff. So, so when you draw that out, you give that to your brand team, and they go off and they create something, and our new brand serves that purpose, and it, it looks fantastic. Well, I think it looks fantastic anyway. So, but when, but that starts. That's day one of your message. That's one step out of the puddle onto the step which is not wet and then it carries on carries on into that wonderful moment when you sit at the top of the mountain looking down at the lake the circular lake we talked about a few seconds ago with the river river that runs into it with a with a nice glass of wine or maybe you fancy a beer or whatever so so um and we see it you know possibly because we start on that day to build up but that's a great thing just to pull the team together to say and this this might feel a bit cuddly here guys but what are we really about, you know? So, you know, if if people weren't here, you know, if, you know, if, if people were hovering over the top of us giving the messages now, what what would they what would they say, you know? If you were, or one other one is, if you were in the, if you're sat in the arm in your armchair in the last three days of your life, just looking out at the trees and thinking, you know, what was it about, you know? What what would you really like to say about your company? What would you really like to say about worldwide financial planning? I was fair. I was caring. You know, people come to your funeral. We all talk about memories at funerals. What would they want to say? And it really can distill very quickly into what it's about. And then, okay, so what does that mean then in terms of your way of life of ESG? So, um, because ESG is just a box ticking, tick, 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 and anything. There's lots of different MSCIs and tick, 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 tick that says X, Y, and Z. But that doesn't really mean anything. It means you're ticking a box to get somewhere. But you still could end up in the funds that I've talking about a few seconds ago supporting yeah any automatic weapons. So but even that's all a very negative way to look at ESG. It's it's when I'm investing in this, will it change society for the better? And yeah. obviously they want to know if that's monetized and that can be done. There's if you look at um the fund in America by Princeton Capital, it does that, you know, so we're focusing on we're focusing on things that really make positive changes to society. So as they do sat, as you are sat in the armchair in the last few days of your life, 
looking back, you'd think, actually, I made it, you know, I did actually make a difference. I'd like to be able to say that. That would, yeah. give, that would give me a lovely, warm, fuzzy feeling. You know, and I did, I remember watching my dad, he was he was dying. I, I was told he had 24 hours to live, but he lasted 15 weeks because his timekeeping was dodgy, you know, but <laughs> great, great guy, you know, great guy. I had a, had a damaged 75% of his heart in a heart attack some oh, gosh. yeah it must have been 20 years prior to it and uh he should he should have been dead a long time before but he because he was a brilliant marathon runner he was a 230 marathon runner 40 years ago so he, yeah and he wasn't even a marathon runner he was just but his heart very passionate very you know very driven guy so he, he hung on but on the day he died i i am um, i or the day before he died i brought him into yeah, I was bringing him into town to get his eyes tested so he could see football games. He's no way he was ever going to get to another football game, but I wanted him to believe. You know, but <laughs> but I, I said, Dad, do you want to sit inside or do you want to sit outside while we wait for this? And wait for the time we've got to go for your eyes test. And he said, oh, go, go outside. I said, okay. We'd have met in a wheelchair and I popped him there. And I, I'd go and check on him every 15 minutes. But I was looking through the window at him. And he just spent the whole time staring at a big tree that we've had for many, many years. And we've owned this house for 11 generations. So, and he was just staring at this tree the whole time. And I was watching his face and what was actually happening. And I was very, very powerful. And uh, I just pop out, you all right? And he'd turn around really slowly and go, ah, oh. turn back again. Just turn back and look at the tree. And, you know, you things that you think are going through. So you've, you, you, if you become aware of those sorts of things, you become alert to them in your own life, you know? So, but yeah. As the sad, he just becomes more, I don't watch television, don't have time for it. But, you know, I live my life with having brilliant, positive energy people around me, people who care about the right stuff. And the fascinating thing, by the way, is you capture more and more of those people. They all, you, you surround yourself, but everybody wants to be around people who actually mm. care about the they right attract, stuff. They yeah. attract people with the same energy and the same outlook and the same values, I guess. Yeah. So I'm going to go reverse back further again. I was watching a television um, program. I said I don't watch TV, but it was actually um, you know one of those things you watch on the internet, a cutting of it. And it was a psychiatrist from Trinity College in Dublin, and he was talking about uh, death rates from suicide in in Ireland. And he said, when the the chap he was interviewing him uh, was a comedian called Tommy Tiernan, great show. And Tommy said, "Why do you uh, why do you think so many of our people our age are?" killing themselves and he said well they're not our numbers are way below the year average it worked out that actually as they went through different things it ended up with it we were failing children who were 14 to 24 and and he said if he said if only we could just get them to slow down he said they live life at such a speed with these things that they watch if only we can get them to slow down then everything would start to make sense. You know, if you're present in everything you say and do, it makes such a difference. Come back then back onto what a point I was going to make about these nine emotional needs, which is the Human Givens Institute. So when we look at those nine emotional needs, which are, um, sorry, before I explain them to you, and I'll, I'll do it in about a minute's worth, they, what the psychologists will tell you about these nine emotional needs is we need them all. And they're like nutrition, we need them. And if we don't have them, nature ensures we suffer significant distress. And right. generally speaking, we also affect all the people around us at the same time. So what we have to think about is, uh, so there, there are 
there are the consequences to it as, as well is that when we don't have our needs met in healthy healthy ways we try to have them met in unhealthy ways and that can be you know drugs can be alcohol it can be so all sorts of different stuff you know and we all go off the wagon or we all fall off the wagon somewhere in our lives in different ways <laughs> you know and you know um i've my, there's a few bars i should have been out of a bit earlier but um <laughs> so, um but we you, you won't re- you won't regret those though when you when you're looking back you won't regret the extra hours you spent in those bars <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, might, I might regret some of the actions in my earlier days after them. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is that. But yeah, that's a good point. Thankfully, that was pre-photographs um, and putting up on uh, on internet. So, uh, but anyway, so the nine emotional needs. If we think about this, because when we're investing sustainably, or when we are trying to live a sustainable life, really, what is more sustainable than making sure that our emotional and mental needs are being met? because you take them sure we're all grand yeah so first yeah. one is security which is a safe environment which um a safe environment which allows you to develop fully so if we're safe and secure and we know we're safe and secure that's fine remember one of these needs not being met means that nature can mean we suffer in many different ways and of course we can try and get those needs met in unhealthy ways so yeah. think about the amount of people drunk during lockdowns you know so because of just think about these needs that weren't being met um but how they're also that was filled it was filled elsewhere in a negative way rather than in a positive way through yeah understood yeah absolutely attention which is the need to give it and receive it it's a bit like what we're doing now we've had a couple of conversations in the past and i give you some attention by telling you some things and you say oh peter i've got a really good idea for him did you know about this guy you're telling me something a few seconds ago and then you give me some attention and I think, oh, that's really useful information. And you think what I've given you is really, and this is a form of nutrition that goes on in society that we take for granted, but actually we should pay attention to. A sense of autonomy and control, which is having the volition to make your own responsible choices. So money will help you do that, but that's all money does. Um, And it gives you the ability to actually be in control. Um, And you you need less money to to be able to do that than, than you think. Emotional intimacy, that's a simple thing that to know that one person in the world, just one, says, you know, they fully accept you for what you are, warts and all. Um, just so you know you're connected and you're actually accepted. That's really what that's about. Um, and powerful when that, you know, often there is unintended consequences when your teacher tells you something or your parents shout at you about something. And then you think, my God, actually, am I okay in that environment? Um then feeling part of a wider community, really, really, really important. Um, privacy, just a chance at the end of the day to reflect, consolidate the day's experiences, understand where you are. A sense of status within social groupings. So, you know, is this need being met? You know, am I, what am I in society? Some people have a real need for that. Some people have a, they all have a need, but to lesser or greater degrees. A sense, yeah. of, sense of competence and achievement, you know, did I run X amount of marathons this year? Did I climb? Did I swim? Did I? And then finally is a meaning and purpose, which comes from being stretched in what we do and think. Um, and those are the nine emotional needs. Now, I suppose for me, it's really quite simple, um, is if those nine emotional needs are being met, well, that's sustainable. And how, yeah. easy, how easy is it for us to meet those needs? 
Um, so therefore, when we invest sustainably, does it really matter that we have a Porsche? Because that could have been the a pick on Porsche. No, sorry, but you know what I mean by that a sports car. But you you um any sports car for that matter. But when we when we invest into um into that car, is that fulfilling one of those nine emotional needs that's not being met? So our position in society. Um, when actually the reality is most people look at your Porsche and think you've got it on car on on some sort of finance and you're just trying to show off, you know. So um but you know, what do all those things matter? But if we have those nine emotional needs being met in a proper, sustainable world and sustainable society, then everything else everything else becomes fine. So so it's interesting what you say there about those nine emotional needs. And if we take that back to people running advisory firms or even individual advisors and planners themselves, they can look at those, okay, it's, it's an exercise to do, but look at those needs themselves and, and ask themselves about their all their stakeholders, their employees, their clients, the people they work with, the people they're involved with. And are they helping them meet those needs where they can be? Or, or are they completely neglecting them? That's a good, perhaps a starting point or a step in the process of developing a strategy to make sure that you're running your business in a way that meets those values in a sustainable way. Yeah, that's a, that's a you know, as eloquently put, I should just really cap that by saying, yes, you're right, and let you carry on. So, <laughs> because, <laughs> because it's... Um, you know, if you come into me and you ask me for inheritance tax advice or to get the best returns in your investment, what well, I might ask, what emotional need? You know, what am I yeah. trying? To, what am I trying to feel? So you want to feel secure. Also, you're getting attention from me. It's a form of nutrition. You're feeling like you're in control rather than somebody trying to do you over from a taxes point of view. Um, Having more money because of tax means you can feel part of a wider community. Mm. You know, your sense of status and social groupings. Clearly, from a brand perspective, people will want to deal with our firm because they know we we really care. We, you know, we make a difference to people's lives. We focus on the right stuff. Um, and and, and, I guess and sorry, the, probably... a final point of the, the emotional needs, because that, that last one is a meaning and purpose which comes from being stressed in what we do and think. It's yeah. Really, many ways that encapsulates what sustainable investing is about it's actually um, i'm 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 going to change things here you know so the current the current the current model is broken it doesn't work it just it's obvious it doesn't work just look at what's just happened with these ppe yeah. contracts and not only they've done what they've done they're just you know impunity <laughs> absolutely yeah i think that's the worst thing about it isn't it it's like yeah. it it's happened everyone knows it's happened and we're just Pretend it hasn't and carry it on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah mental. So let those guys go and sit at the bottom of their little lake. And then we're going to redirect the, we're going to redirect that river into yeah. a circular lake. And then they'll be sat at the bottom with their, with their champagne for a certain length of time. But that lake, the circular lake will be up here somewhere. Yeah. I think you've said a really interesting point as well there, Peter, because if you understand the which emotional needs your clients are trying to fulfill or needing to fulfill by coming to you about a certain issue or their wider planning, then you can much better understand how to fulfill those needs because mm -hmm. a client doesn't always 
know what they're coming to you for. They know they need to do some planning in a particular area or they know they need to put some money into something that's going to work better for them. But actually working with them to understand which emotional needs need fulfilling, need to be met by certain objectives, then you can resonate with them much more and understand yeah. them much more, build yeah. a better relationship with them and ultimately help them achieve their, their objectives much in a much better way. That, that's a really valuable way of looking at it for, for advisors because it helps them understand the client better and helps them helps the clients achieve what they want to do and meets one of the needs that you said where the client realizes they're being listened to much more and understood, which really yeah. resonates with them. Yeah, that's a great point is because we all know our interpersonal skills when we interact with people and we can see the eye movement, we can see that, I mean, if somebody's saying you're an absolute idiot and you're wrong, you kind of know that you probably haven't communicated that well to them. But <laughs> so most things are kind of a much, it's just a flick of an eye here, flick of an eye there. People, But if you, do you have two children? Is that right? No, I don't, don't have children. You don't have children, so I don't know why. If yeah. I, but if if I have, um, you know, if I'm talking to someone who has two older children and they're got two, um, you know, maybe they've got some grandchildren, if I understand these emotional needs, I know what's going on in the mind of the person who sat in front of me. So you can resonate. You're going to say, I know what's on your mind. You know, you're, you're worried about security. Will they get the right education? Will they, you can kind of, fulfill so you your your need is delivering that security the the and you know the great ifas the you know the you know look we're just really nice people who happen to be brilliant at what we do and if all those ifas around here you know hopefully you have lots of listeners to this particular point but all if you all the great ifas that i know all the i mean there's loads of great guys you know and girls you know but it's they're phenomenal, phenomenally nice people. Yeah. They really, really, really care. That's why they're in this caring community. Yeah. It's about support and nurture. Um, and so when we look at these nine emotional needs and we think of attention, which is the need to give it and the need to receive it, you watch some of these great IFAs. And I'll take my firm out of it because obviously I'd be biased to think these guys, because I know them all, you know. So, but if you look at the so a lot of the guys and people I know from all around the UK over the many years, and you see them, they're at their very, very best when they're caring. So yeah. they're giving attention, you know, so the person thinks I am in such capable hands here. And you know, what's fun they're in or what's fun they're in, which products they've got. They, this person just says, I'm being looked after. I feel secure. I've got the attention. Um, yeah. I'm, I, I know these other things. I'm I feel good next to you because you're a you know in my position in society because you're next to you as a good brand that and and um and you're so well known in this community. They're all very simple things. It isn't about um I do a lot of marketing and, and I have never once had anybody say the person that you're gonna put me in touch with, are they chartered? Do they have this qualification? Do they have Never once in the history of my life. So, <laughs> and I, if I look at the keyword tool on Google to see how many people search for chartered financial planner, yeah, more people s s search for 
underwater goat soup than search for <laughs> most most people are um the most people who are searching for those terms and ranking up the amount is actually yeah. the financial themselves and they're all by the way they're all dialed in they're all logged into their google account and they're searching clicking their own account so then the next goes to the top anyway because google recognizes it. so they're yeah. so but not that they missed the point. The point is the the point is that wonderful caring nature that they have, where they look. I've got everything. I've got my finger on everything here, so you don't have to put your finger on it. That's yeah. really what we're about. That, that's a, a really interesting point. And I was going to ask you a question, which was, in some ways, a bit of a juxtaposition, because the question I was going to ask is, what benefits will advisors see? through operating with a more sustainable approach to their business. And that's a bit of a wrong way to ask the question because you shouldn't be operating a sustainable approach to your business with an ESG, those ESG values for a benefit to your to yourself and your business. But I was curious to, to know what the answer would be. And throughout the conversation that we've had, we've kind of answered that question in that ultimately you'll resonate better with clients. Clients will trust you more they'll feel comfortable with you because of your values and because of the, the outlook that you have they will be attracted to you more because of that um, most definitely people um simon sinek i'm sure you've seen the videos and read this stuff you know that he's done he's got a book called start with why and yeah that, that's the one yeah you, you sent me the video to watch and i watched it and then that evening i saw the, the book was on my wife's bedside table i thought oh She's been reading it, and I hadn't even been aware of it until you sent me the uh, sent me the video. Yeah, she's stalking you. So, um, <laughs> the um, people don't buy what you do; they buy why you do it. Now, if I just left, if I drop that into a room with, you know, ten IFAs, um, and then they just debated that, what does that actually mean? It's a really powerful half an hour. Get a bottle of wine on a Friday at four thirty, and just say that what does that actually mean people don't buy what you do they buy why you do it so if you look at why do i do what i do and the the goal really is very much because your customers really aren't going to understand they just know you're clever but they know you care and they know you're clever so they're clever you know there's i know direct sales companies who sell really poor products, but customers buy their service because they feel secure and they feel like an attention, et cetera. Later on, they might find out they're, good, they're in horrific products. But the, the answer to that is another metaphorical story. They say the Irish are great for stories, so I'll tell you another one. Um, <laughs> but I was actually playing golf in Cornwall, funny enough. Um, I'm you didn't get a jet there. I didn't get a jet there, no, no. I was living there at the time. So, but I was stood on a, we were playing for 10 pounds each. And uh, there's four of us. And we were two holes behind with three to play. If we missed this one, we were toast. Um, so uh, if I hit a ball, generally speaking, it goes reasonable distance. But because I don't play that much, it's some often goes a reasonable distance left right and sometimes down the middle so um, <laughs> so i said to my colleague you go first right get yours down the middle he's a very steady golfer but right down the middle he didn't go down the middle he hit the base of a sand dune oh, really. so i opened up and i walloped this thing and it it, it sent it off slightly towards the beach and it's knowing it would come around slightly, but it put the handbrake on and really took a right turn and went right across and landed on top of this big sand dune. When I got up there, 
the grass was just sitting against the ball. I could only see half of the back of the ball. So if I tried to hit that, uh, and I needed a three wood to get the distance, if I tried to hit that out, I'd have broke both wrists. I was up at the top, and the guy said to me, just move it, because I took out a sand iron to chip it out onto the fairway to where they yeah. were, and he said, just move it. I said, what do you mean move it? He said, if you put it up onto that piece of grass there, on the fluffy piece of grass, it was like a springy sort of sand dune grass. If you put it up there... Yeah. I've seen you with the three weed. You'll make that green, right? So go on, ping it. And I and I took out this sand iron and I just chipped it out onto the middle of the fairway. And as I was going to do it, he said, he said, whoa, they'll never know. And I said, I will. And I, and that in many ways is really what, when you have the right cultures, et cetera, is I know. Um, sleep yeah. is a really important thing for us all to keep us healthy and make sure we get defragmented at the end of every evening. And it's much, it's much easier to sleep when at the end of every evening you think, I, I really made a, distant, a difference to see that young child who actually is three years old and can't think for themselves. I know when they get to 23 years old, they'll be coming out with a really good degree because of the decisions I've just made. Um, yeah. These things, so people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll end that little short story there by telling you that when I got out onto the middle of the green, yeah, yeah, the fairway, I did take out the three wood and I absolutely walloped it straight onto the beach into the sea, and it's never been since. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> so actually... I, re I really thought that story was going to end with you being rewarded for your for your honesty by uh, playing the rest of the hole beautifully. <laughs> I have been rewarded by my honesty ever since. <laughs> Um, because you know it's 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 where it stays with you. People people yeah. don't know what you do, they buy why you do it. I did actually say to him, by the way, whenever you collected the ten pounds at the end of this game, like how how would that have felt? How would how would you how would you have done that would have burnt my fingers? I would have been I'd have lost the use of my hands trying to take that ten pounds, you know. So I said, Come yeah. on. But it's those things, it's it's you know, when you're training in athletics, you're told to do five miles, do you do five and a half miles? These are all the character building things that are inside of us that actually people don't buy what to do. They buy why you do it. Yeah. No, I think that's a really, a really good way of putting it and a really good way of focusing the mind for people to understand how they can approach their business, how they can approach their clients and how they market themselves because it shows the potential clients why you do what you do and what drives you. You've, you've hit on so many interesting points there that will trigger thoughts for people and help them start the thought process of how they might build these attitudes into their business. If I was going to summarize a couple of points for our listeners, the first one is certainly that ESG and sustainability is far more than just about an investment class. It's about how you operate your business and, and your way of life and how you treat all of the stakeholders within your business. One of the things that you mentioned was that a really good way to begin to put together a sustainability strategy is to look at what your, what your core values and your, the culture of your company to be and to sit down with stakeholders and understand from them what you're like when you're at your best, which gives you aspirational targets and goals to also understand what they see in you and what they see in your role in their lives. One of the, the final things that you said understanding people's emotional needs and having that sustainability is it's impossible to have that sustainability without understanding their emotional needs and meeting all of those emotional needs yeah absolutely 
it's very powerful. Um, what's the real penny drop moment whenever you, um, I'm, I was, remember sitting with a couple of girls in the office when we, I broke everybody into threes and so I didn't get any group think. So, you know, when yeah. you've got powerful thing that people can uh, drive it. They just, yeah, they just, it just becomes that, that person's viewpoint. So I tried to manage that in advance, but and separate into groups of three that I knew, but it was really interesting. They were, they got really excited about being together on something and think about their sense of purpose. Oh my yeah. God, you make a difference. Oh my God. Oh my, you know, so they, they really, um, but also it was very powerful when I'm at my best. So the customers to say to you, because we all think, oh yeah, they, they like the fact that you brought their tax from 37% for this underwater f- mental plan to 31%. And they love the 6% difference. And it'll be something like this. I find you very comforting. I, I, I find that you make me feel secure. I find you, yeah. I just, tr- I really trust you. I, I'm, you know, I feel so supported. I, I lie in bed at night. I don't even think about my money, mate. Uh, you're just, you guys, you and your team and the ladies in the office, they all make me feel part of your community. You know, it'll all be around these emotional needs, you know. Yeah. Um, and then I think that's sort of a powerful thing for us all to, you know, you finish your Friday evening. I like a glass of wine like anybody else, um, or most alcohol for that matter. But, you know, I... I, I <laughs> especially if I'm socializing because a big part of my emotional needs, you know, so when we sit down at the end of the evening, that Friday and think about those things, I think that's really, really powerful. There's, um, I'll show you just, I wrote a column for a newspaper in 2003 and the world stock markets are going mental and everybody was asking me about stuff, but I was sat beside my mum who was dying of cancer and I was, she was only 59. So I was just writing. Yeah. Yeah. I was really, um, I love her dearly still, you know, but you, you, you know, it was really, un, it was, well, it was horrific at the time. It was traumatic. It just didn't, didn't realize it till later, but you, but what happened is I was writing the column out and I, and I actually just said, and I'm going, and I just thought I'll mention to her, I mentioned something about her as a bit of a tribute in this column for these newspapers yeah. 20 years ago now. So, and I said, um, and you look at this person, you can see their soft skin, and you can you see and think that person gave birth to me, you know, twenty, what, twenty three years ago or something, whatever. I can't remember what age I was then. So, well, sorry, I know how old it was, thirty six years before she gave birth to me. So, and you think, wow. And then she, um, and I, I wrote this column, and I got to the bottom of it, and I was kind of writing about world stock markets and. The subject I can understand reasonably well, so I was saying what I, my view is. And I said just, but I said, and maybe if I could, like I'm sitting here in a hospital bed next to my mum, maybe if I could put this into perspective. And and obviously, you're if you're on a podcast, your viewers or your audios, I don't know, can't see this photograph, but that that that's that's my mum. It's her photograph is she was that's lovely. Yeah, she's probably 32, mm. 33 years old, something like that. At that photograph, yeah. and um. And she, and I have it right beside me along with my dad and everybody else, they're all along this windowsill here beside me, but I but I just finished it. And when I finished the column, I just said, look, I said, in 50 years from now, the size of your car, you know, trying to keep people perspective of the of world stock yeah. market, they were a tough time. I said, you know, it'll be grand because it always is, right? But as long as you've got a diversified portfolio with all the normal... 
I said, but but you could just finish with one thing. It's this. I said, in 50 years from now, the size of your car, house, bank account or problem won't matter. But the world will be different if you're important in the life of a child. And then and then said, thanks, mom. And if people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. Yeah. They buy what you do. And that's it in a summarized way <laughs> very touching yeah it's that's just by why i do it that's a person who gave me my life and gave me lots of different things and sort of my dad you know but you know so um you can just do that for other people as well like no that's fantastic that's really it's a really nice point to end on very poignant and it just perhaps gives perspective to, to how you live your life when you look at it like that Yes. I think that's been really, really fascinating to speak to you as always, Peter. I really appreciate it. Before we, we finish off, I'll just give you the the chance to add anything you'd like to add. And, and also, if you'd like to tell people where they can follow you and where they can listen to what you say, because it's always fascinating listening to you speak and the topics that you bring up. So I, I think everyone who's listening will, will benefit from following you, following the things that you write and say. Yeah, sure. Um, oh, I look. I've been so privileged in my life to be in financial services where I can change people's lives for the better. It's it really is a privilege. It's also a privilege that I take very, very, very seriously in all of our research and how we go about things and how we think and what we do. So, it, I I really, really believe it to be a privilege. Uh, I just I'm really fortunate that I've just a natural with numbers and money um, and you kind of put it together in terms of taking care of society. So I, I love having more and more like-minded people like that around me, you know, so I'm obviously on LinkedIn and, and Twitter. And I think my, I just, if you search Peter McGann on Twitter, I think it's at Peter underscore McGahan and LinkedIn, it's Peter, you just Peter McGahan. You'll see the big gray hair on there. It's who I am, but Peter McGann from Worldwide Financial Planning. So, um, and obviously we, we've got our Worldwide Financial Planning as well, but yeah, I'm more than happy to link up with people, like-minded people with the similar sorts of energies. Fantastic. Really appreciate that, Peter. Um, for all of our listeners, I would definitely recommend following Peter. He, as I said already, he, he has such great insight into uh, so many things out within financial services and outside and I, I've saved quite a few articles that he posts to read later on because they are very interesting in so many ways. So certainly give him a follow. Thank you, everyone, for listening today. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, please do share with your colleagues and rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening. If you have any feedback or any suggestions of what you'd like to hear on future episodes, please get in touch. And finally, thanks once again, Peter. Thanks, Andrew. See you again soon.